0: Welcome to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we share practical life hacks, shortcuts, designed to shape your best life and business in the least amount of time. I'm your host, David Ubida. Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs starts right
1: now. I mean black and white. I mean literal just Got math. Actually, I mean just math. Like, what are you willing to give up if you're not willing? If, if I find myself, I'll give you an example. So yeah. when I when I launched the podcast, Uh, So money matters top tips when I launched the podcast. I said okay for me to become one of the best podcasters or best people at interviewing in the world What do I have to do? So then I went back and I just did the math I said, okay, so who are the best right now that have ever been in interviewing or media capacity? I would say maybe like an Oprah Maybe like a, a Larry King. Um, and let's see, it took Oprah, you know, let's say 35, 40 years to do over 40,000 interviews. It took Larry King, let's say 50 years to do over probably approaching, if not, I don't know if he passed it, 50,000 interviews. So if I want to be the best, I have to do the math and understand how quick how, how can I do 100,000 interviews?
0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. My name is David Ubita, and I am your host. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. And if you've joined us before, then consider yourself a fellow life hacker. <laughs> so before I introduce our next guest, I'd like to uh, take a moment and say hello and a very special thank you to our listeners in the United States, states like California. Illinois, Texas, New Jersey, Colorado, Florida, North Carolina, Washington, Utah, Maryland, and Virginia. I also want to take a moment to say hello and thank you to our international listeners in France, Sweden, the UK, the Netherlands, and Australia. Guys, we love doing this podcast and want to thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the moment to say what's up, listen to our show Give us your feedback and your comments. It means so much to us. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, guys. In episode 32, we catch up with best-selling author, international speaker, podcast host, and entrepreneur, Adam Torres. In this episode, Adam shares his journey starting his career in finance at the young age of 16. That's right, 16 so make sure to listen to the podcast. Adam also breaks down the science, the math behind achieving your goals in business, and get this, the secret behind commanding more money for your time in the marketplace. Now, Adam has worked with over a thousand businesses throughout his career and is the host of the very popular Money Matters Top Tips podcast. I assure you, you will not want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. But first, a message from our sponsor. Hey guys, if you're a B2B company that can handle 10 to 15 more quality appointments every single month, then go to DavidUbita.com today. Me and my team specialize in helping B2B companies generate quality appointments and increase sales with LinkedIn and email. The best part is we have a 30-day money-back guarantee if we can't help you. So if you're a B2B company and you can take on more quality appointments so that you can grow your business, then visit davidubita.com today. That's D-A-V-I-D-U-B-E-D-A dot
2: com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast with your host David Ubeda. With me today is the uh, none other than uh, Adam Torres. He's a podcaster as well, but uh, he's got a very interesting story. Uh, as he's worked with over a thousand businesses. Adam, say hello to the audience.
1: Hey, David, uh, really uh, happy to be on the show and uh, excited to uh, get get this conversation going.
2: So, my man, um, I really enjoyed my research and catching up uh, and learning a little bit more about you, and I really am uh, honored to have you on the show because I know you've got an interesting story. Um, You started off in real estate, is that right?
1: No, actually as a, as a wealth manager. So I started at my first firm uh, was Raymond James and Associates when I was 16. So I went to high school, you know, two hours a day, uh, my, my third and fourth year, and then I would go to the uh, local uh, brokerage firm and I worked in their IRA department to start. At 16 years old. You are correct. Um I I was very fortunate to have uh the insight of my, my dad growing up was a small business owner and the more I and I was always starting businesses and you know, like like many kids do and I uh he he kind of at a certain point and I asked him, I started getting a little bit more curious about money and he said, you know, I'm 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 good at what I do, but I can't claim that I'm really that good at business, so you're gonna have to seek out some other mentors for that one and so That's where I thought, you know, well, what's the best place to learn about money? Well, people that manage it. So I sought out that opportunity.
2: That's amazing. Most kids at 16 are playing video games, and instead you're like, hey, I want to uh, build an empire.
1: I can't say that I had that foresight. I was just curious about money. (laughs) I wanted to know how it worked. I wanted to know why some people had it, why some didn't. I just wanted to actually just know about money,
2: and that, that, that
1: led me on that journey
2: what were, What was a lesson or a takeaway that you can take away from watching your dad uh, as he was a he was an entrepreneur?
1: I think that everybody has to choose where they want to be on that entrepreneurial period uh, a pyramid if you will uh, My dad was uh comfortable running his own shop, not having a bunch of employees uh lived a lived a good life uh didn't you know um worked as many hours as he chose to. But, you know, you just have to really choose what you're willing to give up. So when, that, when somebody asks me what's the first thing you should do when, when evaluating a business, I always tell them uh, to evaluate what you're willing to give up in order to make that succeed. And that's my personal BS test for myself. That's not third-party advice. That's what I do to myself. Um, and asking and, and what when, when I say give up by the way it doesn't just mean time it doesn't just mean work it means money it means effort it means opportunity cost of of working an extra day or spending extra money on investing in the business can mean not going on a vacation it can mean i um, not spending as much time with your family as you like but what are you willing to give up to make that business work
2: and that, that's that's so spot on lately I've been having that whole conversation pardon me, in my, in my head, so to speak, just kind of meditating on the perspective that uh, often is the case that what we lose is of more value than what we gain. And uh, when I have the opportunity to talk to other entrepreneurs and, and coaching, and et cetera, uh, I think we're so focused on what's missing, right? And we assume that we're missing out. because it's missing and then we totally miss out on what's present and then also recognizing our evolution as we continue to grow, uh, really there is such value, there's such gold treasure in what we've ultimately lost or lose or choose to lose uh, as we are moving forward in our own personal journeys. Um, Yeah,
1: I I think for me the, uh, the That's not, I, I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you, but that's not actually how I mean it. I mean black and white. I mean literal just Got
2: math. I, I
1: mean just math. Like what are you willing to give up if you're not willing? If, if I find my, I'll give you an example. So yeah. when, I la- when I launched the podcast, uh, so Money Matters Top Tips, when I launched the podcast, I said, okay, for me to become one of the best podcasters or best people at interviewing in the world, what do I have to do? So then I went back and I just did the math. I said, OK, so who are the best right now that have ever been in interviewing or media capacity? I would say maybe like an Oprah, maybe like a, a Larry King. Um, and let's see, it took Oprah, you know, let's say 35, 40 years to do over 40,000 interviews. It took Larry King, let's say, 50 years to do over probably approaching, if not, I don't know if he passed it, 50,000 interviews. So if I want to be the best, I have to do the math and understand how, how, how quick can I do 100,000 interviews because um, what it comes down to is Oprah and Larry King had some things working against them. They didn't have social media. Um, Larry King had to rely on CNN. Oprah had to rely on whatever TV network she was on. She got one show, she got one show a day or, or even if it was two shows a day, still the network dictated that. So on my podcast, I put out, on average, I would say, five to 10 podcasts a day. So what does it take to to really get to that 100,000 mark? And then I did the math and said, well, what if I can compress that time into 10 years What does that look like? That looks like 800 and something interviews a month. How do I do that? I have to redefine what an interview is. I have to think about one minute interviews in a rapid fire, for example, that can be released on Instagram. I got to think about, okay, YouTube now. So that's a five minute format. Okay, now I have that too. My podcast is a 15 minute format. Of course for some guests it's going to make you know i'm going to start doing some video some video i'm um, interviewing and i have a, a studio that's going to be set up and built um in january in hollywood so when i think about that okay that's probably going to be for what you know a, a certain type of guest that comes in and I, that might take a whole hour so when i say black and white i mean literally you have to do the math and say what do you have to do To become the best if that's your goal if it's not that's okay but you also have to realize that too and kind of pick your
2: place so what I hear you saying is that when someone is looking to become the best at something similar to you know the 10,000 hour rule right Um, really exposing yourself uh, the practice of it all uh, putting yourself in that position where you uh, really just break it down to its simplest form and then execute from there.
1: And how fast do you want that 10,000 hours? Do you want it over the course of your life in 30 years? If the Beatles would have spent, taking from the Malcolm Gladwell example, this isn't what he said, but he he basically used the Beatles as a a 10,000-hour rule and and talking about how they played in, like, strip clubs and all these clubs in Germany, and they were playing 8 to 10 hours to 12 to 15-hour sets a day. To, yeah. get to, their, to get over 10,000 hours. So think about it this way. If the Beatles had taken 10,000 hours, it, assuming they read Malcolm Gladwell, right? Back then it didn't happen, <laughs> the book didn't exist. But if right. they had, and if they said, oh, okay, I'm going to put this 10,000 hours over the next 30 years of our life, guess what, we don't have any Beatles. There's a difference between um, you know, working in a career for 20 years and you just showed up every day and you got 10,000 hours and now you think you're a master. That probably isn't the case. It just means you were at a job for a long time. Um, and, then, and then there's somebody that actually lays out the 10,000 hours and says exactly how they're going to accomplish it. So as an advisor, when I was in wealth management, I, I, I don't, I'm no longer in that business for, for a long time now. Um, I'll give you an example. We had a certified financial planner, so CFP is, an, is a pretty um, big designation in that, in that field. It takes the average advisor um, about three years to complete that certification um, when I was going through it. Um, I did it in seven months. So what did I have to give up to do that? I gave up my weekends. I would go into the office and I'd camp out in the, in the conference room and I would literally sit there for 12 hours, 15 hours a day on the weekend. i sit, and that's while working full time. So that's the difference between trying to compress that time and really trying to intently get to 10,000 hours or you just show up as a financial advisor to your office for 10 years and now you're claiming that you're, a, you're a master at it. And probably not the case.
2: So what you're saying is I have to reconsider what I want to give up if I want to lose 10 pounds. So instead of eating 12 donuts, I can only eat 11.
1: If you want, if your goal is to lose 10 pounds, then you're probably, and and, and now you have to ask yourself, do you also, how long do you want to keep it off, right? I mean, you have to, you have to really ask yourself that. It's a, it's a personal choice, but then you also have to ask yourself, why are you, why are you, why do you want to lose the 10 pounds? Donuts are good. Donuts are good. (laughs) Like, is it really worth it? Is it, is it worth it? Some things just aren't worth
2: it. (laughs) I know, right? But every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, damn. (laughs) 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 Or try to put my pants on. You know, it'd be easier if this gut was gone. Something like that. So Hollywood, huh? Tell tell us a little bit about Hollywood. Why are you looking to build a studio out in Hollywood?
1: Well, in terms of right now, I'm in Santa Monica. It's just a little bit closer. It's closer to the beach. Uh, It's just for proximity, proximity to talent, to people that are working in the industry. It uh, just—it's just, it's just the, uh, that's, it's like saying if you at once upon a time, if you were going to build cars, you would have went to Detroit, right? To set up your
2: factory, same thing. So when you started your podcast, what was the whole purpose behind the podcast? I know you were already doing your thing in wealth management and, and, um, successful at it. So what, uh, what was the whole reasoning behind the podcast?
1: So I, I didn't want to do the podcast just to be upfront. So um, books. So I, I publish a lot of books. So if you, if you go into Amazon right now and if you type in uh, my name, Adam Torres, you're going to see about 20 published books come up. And so I was doing really successful with my books, and I have a series out there um, where it has different niches. I don't know if you remember the old school um, Chicken Soup for the Soul series. So how a group of authors come together. Um, so for example, that's how Jack Canfield, Deepak Chopra, they were in the first edition, the original Chicken Soup for the Soul, like 25, 30 years ago or something like that. I don't know how many years ago, 20 years ago. Um, that being said, so I got, the, I got the idea, I said, well, what if uh, I, I publish a book? very similar to that, except I do it for entrepreneurs. And so I use different niches. So for example, I have a real estate edition out there that features 15 different professionals from various lines of real estate. And I mean, they're really tenured people, 20 plus years in their fields, most of them, and have been really successful. I just came out with another one um, recently, a business leader's edition. And that features uh, 15 different uh, entrepreneurs, really amazing stories in the book. I'll give you just one quick example. Um, Emmanuel Ponzo is one of the authors, and he was a, he was, a, he's well, he's from Italy. Um, but he and he was a professional football player uh, for everybody listening in the United States soccer player. Uh, that being said he uh, he he got he was injured. He was injured uh, during a match. And he didn't know if he was going to be able to, you know, what he was going to be able to do next, but his, his career was essentially ended as a as a professional soccer player in Italy. So he was living the dream in any way you could think about it. Come, what a stud. Come on, professional soccer player. Italy probably wasn't really? living a bad life, loses loses his, you know, his physical capacity to do that anymore based on what happens in a match. Um, he, he ends up starting and and growing the largest legal messenger system in our our business in Rome. Um, after he's doing really well with that, everything's doing going great. He decides he wants another challenge. Just ups, he leaves that business with his brother to run. He ups and goes to comes to the United States to Los Angeles, and he doesn't speak the language, doesn't know anybody. He's just straight from Italy. Um, starts a um, starts he gets into the catering and and food business and he's just blown up he's super successful here in los angeles and a really great guy and so that's an example of one of the stories that's in the business leaders edition of money matters that um that was released a couple months ago so chance so why did I do the podcast? I didn't want to do it. My team, my the books are going well. A lot, of, so it's very difficult to publish books, but and it takes a lot of time to promote them. And I, you know, have a lot of fun doing that. And my team says, Adam, you get, you probably need to do a podcast. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do a podcast. It's one more thing. <laughs> then I start doing the podcast, and for some reason, that thing grows. I mean, like wildfire. Every single day, I hit a new record, and um, and it, it people love it. The amount of uh, emails all the things that I get in from it and then and it's really just a lot of fun to get out these stories because with the books you know the, there's a finite amount I can only do you know fifteen to put only fifteen to twenty people in a, in a book because I don't want it to be like a a tome a big old you know dictionary right that nobody's going right. to carry that around or read it <laughs> but um, with the podcast, I have the opportunity to tell more stories and to allow, I should say, to allow more entrepreneurs to tell their stories for all of us to learn from. Yeah,
2: totally. It, what do you find is a common theme uh, with entrepreneurs uh, in terms of a struggle for them?
1: I don't, I don't know that there is a theme. So meaning and at this point, I mean I've interviewed, and that's and this isn't when when I say I've worked with over a thousand that's even before the podcast that's before the books that's before any of this that's literal wealth management working on financial plans and actually doing the work for them um so now, based off of uh the books I've done, everything else i mean i don't I don't really find a theme i, I guess if you if you had to say there was a theme. I would say that um, it's really going to be, the theme is that every single person's different and individual and wants to feel special and, and needed in what they're doing. That It's more of, I think that's more of a character trait that unites us all as humans than an entrepreneurial theme, but that would be my stretch if I had to put it in that box.
2: Now, as a speaker, I noticed um, um, that you are, uh doing the speaking thing you've got a great audience um tell us a little bit about that how that evolved into what it is today
1: oh that's a that's a wild ride too uh, it's another thing i didn't want to do <laughs> so wow so i um yeah so i uh i i you know somebody saw um, a big company by the name of uh moody so big financial firm they um they scouted me on linkedin and they they basically were hunting me down for, I don't know, about a year trying to get me to to, to send me to China on a speaking tour uh, to go out there to, to speak to different executives and different things about various topics. And I, you know, I was like, no, I don't, uh, I said too much time and I didn't want to, you know, and then I just finally said, okay. So they were pretty persistent and I just said, okay. And then from there, I mean, you know, once you put the word speaker on anything, then it just yeah. you just start getting inquiries. So I can't claim that I've uh I've worked that business to the best it could be worked, but I can claim that it's pretty active and uh, it's and, and it's just one of those things. It's just a different way to connect with people on a different format. So you know, books obviously, so people can read things like that. Uh, the podcast, people can listen from their car or, or you know, driving to work passively. And then uh, speaking is that in-person connection that we don't always get to do, but you know, I do from time to time. Do it. I'll just be upfront. Most of the time, I I'm 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 invited to conferences. I unfortunately can't do it because I just have a really booked schedule. I, I mean. Over the next two weeks, I have over a hundred appointments set, uh, so it's just one of those things that it's really hard to get uh, to get away. So I don't do them as much as I like, but um, here and there I still will accept speaking engagements.
2: That's fantastic. So I see a, a theme here with you: uh, the things that you don't want to do eventually take off once you get, once you start doing. Them. I, I
1: I just think that people con me. <laughs> i don't know i think they conned me and i'm an easy mark they're like come on adam come to our conference i'm like i can't go to your conference
2: (laughs) you're funny pull at the hearts they pull at the heartstrings man it hurts oh that's hilarious well it's because you're a good dude you know um so one thing i wanted to ask you before we wrap this up man and again thanks for for your time and you know and before we 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 log off, so to speak uh you know i'll we'll share how people can get in touch with you back and I think cause, uh I definitely can see how our audience can benefit from plugging into what you're doing uh with all these things that you're that you find yourself uh, engaged in you said get you know the next couple of weeks over a hundred appointments, which is insanity um how do you stay uh how does Adam stay you know centered in the process of of always giving and always Um, contributing and helping other people on their journeys
1: really it's just I focus on the action so it's just math so I think a lot of people if they just did the math and if they really just took a true assessment of how they're spending their time they'd realize they could get a lot more done so for example uh, the way that you get you do that many appointments the way you do that many interviews is you don't necessarily take off a whole Sunday and, you know, sit there and watch Netflix or do something else um, and, watch, and get your Kung Fu Panda on, in which I do like Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> um, you, don't, you don't do that for a whole day, but you know what you get? You get one episode in every week or every two weeks, and then there you go. Uh, you just value your time more, and you can get a lot more done when you do that. So you don't blow off. In an, I, don't, I can't tell you the last time I've actually blown off like an entire day. Like that just doesn't exist in my world because blowing off an entire day, the opportunity cost is too much. Now, will I blow off an hour or two hours or three hours? Yes, here and there. Um, but that's a big difference than, than, what, than just blowing off an entire day. The more valuable you take your time, the more valuable other people take their time. So, for example, I tell a lot of people, they ask me, you know, how do you become a speaker? How do you do this? How do you do that? And I just said I value my time. I don't. I can't really explain it any other way. When you when you value your time, and when your time will become more valuable, and your speaking fee will rise, and people will recognize it um, that you're not just, you know, that you just literally don't have time um, to do what they need you to do, and that if they do want you to, um, that you need a certain fee because just the cost of getting you there and back the same day is going to be uh, quite a lot.
2: That is a very important mindset shift. I really appreciate you sharing that. That's powerful, that's powerful. All right, my man, Uh, tell our audience how they can plug into what you're doing, um, whether it be on your social media handles, whether it be LinkedIn or website or whatnot.
1: Yeah, the easiest thing, just go on Instagram, ask Adam Torres. Everything's connected there. If you want to know anything about me, just go there. The podcast, everything links there. Just ask Adam Torres on Instagram.
2: Fantastic. My man, thanks so much again for taking the time to, to chat and connect. Uh, you're one of the good ones, and I wish you nothing but success.
0: Hey guys, if you're a B2B company that can handle 10 to 15 more quality appointments every single month, then go to DavidUbita.com today. Me and my team specialize in helping B2B companies generate quality appointments and increase sales with LinkedIn and email. The best part is we have a 30-day money-back guarantee if we can't help you. So if you're a B2B company and you can take on more quality appointments so that you can grow your business, then visit davidubita.com today. That's D-A-V-I-D-U-B-E-D-A dot com. Life hackers. Hey, just wanted to take a quick message to thank you for your continued support. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us on many occasions, I want to personally thank you because we do this to support entrepreneurs just like you hey guys please take 60 seconds today to visit itunes and subscribe to the podcast this will help us grow organically and inspire more entrepreneurs just like you now while you're there please leave us a review and i promise to read each and every comment and apply your suggestions as we continue to improve our show also if you like free stuff, then make sure to like our official Lifehacks for Entrepreneurs fan page for upcoming guest information and free giveaways. Guys, this is David Uvita, your host of the Lifehacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Until next time, continue to grind, grow, and give.